Blog Talk Radio. What is going on, folks? Welcome to another edition of Page One. I am LeVar, and out on the West, as always, is my wonderful friend Mary. How are you? I'm good. I'm going to cry. <laughs> well, that is because we have good news. Uh, for the last few weeks, uh, you have heard me uh, as we have talked about the importance of St. Baldrick's, which my dear friend here will be uh, doing, well, she will be pretty much shaving her head. Uh, Countdown now begins pretty much about, what, 15 days from now? Yeah, about 15. Yes, about 15 days from now. Now, here is the thing. All of us, and I know you and I, not only like hitting goals, but pretty much obliterating them out of the water. My friend's goal here was a thousand bucks, which is a good start. But of course, more can always be done. And of course, if you do not know the whole thing in regards to St. Baldrick's, uh, I could go back and always tell you the story about uh, the good works that they have done in regards to helping with the research that will save lives for children diagnosed with cancer because every two minutes a child is diagnosed with cancer. Um, I told her that I wanted to – I feel like, you know, you know, when the presidential campaigns come around, the conventions come around, you want to, like, put them over the top or get them close. I've been keeping an eye on this, and I knew that we were close. So I could tell you just seconds ago, right before this broadcast started, she is now at her goal. Yay. <laughs> Yay. But it doesn't stop there, and that's how much I believe in what she's doing here. It does not stop there. If you have a chance, and even during this next hour in which we are on the air, if you could so please, doesn't matter how much you give, anything is greatly appreciated. You can go on my Twitter page at News Comment BTR and see the link, and you can go to that link and give. Also, if you give, call us, let us know, and we'll have you on the air. We'll thank you. Um, if you want to do it by phone, there is a way to do this by phone. Uh, you can, and I'm going to, as I get my notes here together. You can do this by phone by calling St. Baldrick's, and I have the number. (laughs) It is 888-899-2253, I believe, but I want to make sure I get, like, your, this is the beauty of, like, live radio, Um, but I want to make sure I have also the uh, code that you will need that will make sure that it will go under Mary's name, because I think it's participant 1044 Six one six. So you'll want to make sure that you use that. But during this next hour, if you have an opportunity to go either online or by phone and give what you can. We're not asking for $100 from everybody. We can't offer you a tote bag like public television does. <laughs> I wish we could. <laughs> but out of the goodness of your heart, if you're able to do something tonight during the next hour of this show, it will be greatly appreciated because I know that time is coming up soon in regards to uh, what my friend here is going to be doing. But I'm so happy because at this point, I've been keeping an eye on it, and I knew that we were close, and tonight she has reached her goal. Um, kudos to you for undertaking something like this. You know, It's tough to go out and fundraise and get money, especially even now a thousand bucks because you know, it, it's kind of like anyone that has to fundraise not an easy thing but to do this, you of course not only want to knock the door down, but you want to knock it down and obliterate it and just because she has reached that goal tonight it doesn't mean it stops there we want to go up and beyond so if you have an opportunity to do it, please do it, and as always thank you so, with that being said, do you want to add anything to that? No, thank, thank you to everyone that's donated. Thank you for all of that. I, I really do appreciate it. It, it, may, it warms my heart. And that um, Anything above this just 
continues to help children get into get into um I can't even talk. This is how bad it is. Get the uh, like into uh, clinical trials and and get cures for things that you know no child should have to deal with cancer. So thank you to everybody. I appreciate it. Anything that anybody can give, I appreciate that as well. Love it. Love it when we can hit goals. <laughs> that is awesome. I, I, if I could, I don't even know if I have like any applause on here. I, I gotta get like a thing for applause. I, that's awesome. It's that. <laughs> it, it, it's not like it was one of those last things where you hit it like you know just at you know uh, right at on the goal, but I mean you, you hit it right there. I mean that's. Right even before the end of February. Here we go. I'm loving yeah. it. Loving it, loving it, loving it. So we got a lot Wait, to cover oh, also, on that the show tonight. It's going to be Facebook Live, man. That means I'm going to do a live feed for when my head gets shaved on the 14th. So sometime between 2 and 4 p.m. Pacific time, if you're on Facebook, um, my live feed will probably be on there and my head will go from hair to bear. So that was the thing. Yep. Oh man, yeah, that is uh, you know, I <laughs> we'll have more details on that. Um, uh-huh. and we will definitely uh, keeping you up to everything that's happening with that. But it's such a great thing, especially anything right now, in which if you can help, like I said, it doesn't have. You know, I think that's what stops people from time to time is because they feel that they, if they can't do a specific amount, then they can't help. It doesn't even have to be that. You know, that five, six bucks that you would have put towards a Starbucks coffee, if you skip it on one particular day and if you can do that to help somebody else, that's awesome too. That two bucks that you were going to spend on that lottery ticket, if you want to do that and you're trying to do something good during the season of Lent, do that, too, especially if you're giving it up. You know, if you have, like, a chocolate addiction, like I know some people do, and they're giving up chocolate for Lent, the money that you would have spent on chocolate this month, hey, if you can help somebody out, do it. So, I don't know. But, yes, so, like I said, we do have a lot to talk about this evening. Uh, last week, didn't think that our <laughs> didn't think that our show was going to get the feedback that it got. Uh, it probably will do so again tonight. We have a. <laughs> if you read or if you have read uh, our stories that we are going to discuss tonight, because I generally like to give a good preview of what we're going to do, one of which uh, is the story in regards to the six year old out of Orlando. Um, I watched the video. I'm a little. I guess the word that I want to use it, it's upsetting. Um, kind of give you a little bit of backstory on it. This is from the New York Times the other day, but uh, back in September, uh, there was a six-year-old that was arrested, uh, taken out of the school in not handcuffs but in restraints because the handcuffs didn't. She was too small for handcuffs, of course. But the officer who arrested the girl was fired. And forgive me as I go through the story because I want to make sure that I get the bulk of this in so that we kind of are able to tell this, but uh, Kaya Roel, uh, she was brought to the school office in Orlando, Florida, and if you have not watched the video, uh, she there's a video of an officer that arrested her, took her out of the school, and uh, newly released body cam footage, which uh, was first published by the Orlando you know, this week captured that and other jarring details of how the officers actually arrested her in September and led her through the school into the back of a police vehicle. Despite her anguish pleas for them to let her go, she was arrested after throwing, quote, a tantrum at school earlier that day in which she kicked the school staff member, her grandmother, uh, had previously stated. The arrest had already prompted fierce criticism of the rough treatment of young children by law enforcement and the officer also arrested a six-year-old boy in a separate episode on the same day was terminated from his job in September. Uh, but the distressing footage renewed those criticisms this week 
which I'm saying the arrest constituted child abuse. Uh, Randolph uh, Bracey, who's a Florida state senator, said, and quote, it was heartbreaking to watch this young six-year-old girl pleading for help and asking for a second chance as she was being arrested. The trauma that this caused her and her family is something no one should ever have to go through. After her arrest, uh, he introduced a bill last year that would bar police officers from arresting anyone under the age of 12. He said in a statement that it was shocking that no existing law prevented this unnecessary response to childhood misbehavior. Uh, Chief Orlando Rolan of the Orlando Police Department said in a statement on Tuesday that the arrest compromised trust between the community and police officers, and he said he had taken steps to prevent similar arrests in the future, including requiring a deputy chief's approval before a child under 12 is arrested. And I watched a video again this week. Uh, the officer, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not a parent. I, I guess for those of you for disclosure here, I mean, but I do have nieces and nephews. I do know people with children, uh, young children, uh, and. The grandmother, just to let you know, because people are going to say, well, why, why, what happened? Uh, the grandmother received a call informing her that she had kicked the staff member to school and that the girl had been charged with battery and taken to juvenile assessment center. Uh, the grandmother then said that she tried to explain that her granddaughter had sleep apnea, sleep disorder, and that they were working to resolve it. I don't know how much more that has to do with what happened. But she was calm by the time that the officer had arrived to the school, and the body cam shows the officers leading her through the school. She screamed to cry and said that I don't want handcuffs on. Don't put handcuffs on. She could be heard saying. Um, and she also told the officer that she didn't want to go in a police car. And the officer uh, also on the video when the school, because I know people what was the school thinking, um, could be seen boasting about the arrest as well. But uh, you read the article. I'm pretty sure you've seen some video of it. What was your take on it? I mean, there's always, I always say there's always a better way <laughs> to this, and I'm not sure why at the moment of all this happening that the, child, the child's uh, parents or guardians weren't called. Back in the day when I was growing up, you know, if something went down, and we once had a uh, a classmate of mine who I vaguely recall who had behavioral problems and he would just at some point of the day just start going off and causing a ruckus in the class uh, and they pretty much just took him out of there called his mother, she came situation handled and I even one, at one point had, you know hit the teacher on the leg they didn't call the cop, they called the parent and at six years old, I know kids are a little different now, but even then at six years old, they're still a child. I, I don't really agree with the whole way that it was handled. What do you think? I, I mean, I agree with you. There, there, it could have been handled much differently. Um, I don't know about if it would have been better or worse, um, but definitely, like, if, they could still have the police there just so they can understand the severity of the, the issue. Um, although I don't know how a six-year-old kicking an adult is, is severe, but okay um, as the lesson, sure. But the parents should have been, or the guardian, parent or guardian or whoever should have been called and should have been brought in so that it'd be like, listen, this is the deal. Like, this is what happened. This is what's wrong with it. Had she been older, this is what we would have done. And really walk her through it, maybe, without have, and be like, this is what it's going to feel like. Okay, so here's your lesson. Now you just go home with mom, dad, grandma, aunt, whoever, um, or something like that. I, I, I just, there's a better way of doing it for somebody that young. If she was a little bit older, maybe differently. Um, but yeah, I I just I don't. If I was kicked by a six-year-old, and I have been, um, I have been kicked. I've been been bitten. I've been thrown up on. So I, I'm not going to scream battery 
just because a child does those things. I'm an adult. I should be able to handle it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I, I, there, it, it could have been done better. It could have been handled much better. Do you think that the school bears some sort of responsibility for the allowing that? Because I, I know once you call the police, once they get involved, it's kind of, you know, now it's out of their control. But I think yeah, it's, something it's has to command happen in which the responsibility happens here. And even then, I don't think that this officer should have been too, you know, I know, and I don't know what his mindset was in doing it, but they said he could be heard boasting about doing it to another, you know, younger person that day. If I'm an officer, and I know they have a lot on them, the toughest job in the world is a first responder, and I have a great respect for anyone that decides to um, partake in that duty because it is something in which you're dealing with the general public on a lot. And I've said in recent years is that I think their job has become a little bit more difficult and it requires a little bit more training than I think it did before because now you have to deal with a lot of people who have issues and I'm not saying in this case it's child had issues and I don't know what the medical uh, issue between the sleep apnea and her kicking someone because at the end of the day there's a lot of faults that have to go around in responsibilities and as well as this child because she has to learn first of all that you don't go kicking around you know people who are in a position of authority that's first thing second right. of all yes there should be some type of punishment I don't think that she should have been arrested and let out of a school. The school, at which point, I know they have to go through a lot, too, with kids on that first wave. Someone at the school, and I think this brings back to mind, while there needs to be more money invested in schools, uh, either social workers or psychiatrists in schools, because there's so much that's going on. I think it would have helped to have had someone there that could defuse this situation before it even got to the cops. And there should be some type of rule in this event in which if the child starts to do this, if they did it once and they're not like constantly like just beating down on a teacher and it's something that's not, you know, uh, like you have to haul them off to jail. If it was like one kick and like, oh, that's battery, let's call the cops. If it was that, then there has to be a better way. Starting from the administration down, somebody has to have a better way of handling that situation. But, so that like I said, it was an old school way. You got in trouble. You called somebody's yeah. parent, parent. This was settled. So I guess it comes back to the question of whether or not this was the first time this happened with this particular student. Um, if it wasn't, then maybe this had to happen. You know, sometimes kids don't get it until they're, well, not sometimes, most times. If Most times kids don't get it unless there's a real reason for it to happen. Um, like if you say don't do that or fill in the blank for whatever punishment you're going to do. If you don't follow through with that with some, with some kids, at some point those children will go, you can threaten me all you want, you're not going to do it. It's a totally different situation when, you speak the truth. You do. You follow through with what you're going to say, and you do what you say you're going to do. Um, right. So, if it's something where she's, where that student has done it multiple times before, and this has been the last straw, okay. Um, if it's a, a question of it's only been the one time, you know, is it a constant kicking, or was it like just once? Was the tantrum? Yeah. There's a lot of things that we don't have the details to, yeah. unfortunately. So with that in mind, worst-case scenario, maybe she didn't need to get scared and this was the way of doing it, but I don't think by the time she got to the car, I think she was sufficiently under, she sufficiently understood what was happening. And at that point, there should have been a parent saying, okay, now here's your deal. Next time you don't get to get out of the car. You know, next time you're going in this car and you're driving to the jail and they're taking your mugshot and this is what's happening. So we need to work on this. We need to, we need to figure out what's happening so that we can fix this in whatever capacity that is. You know what I'm saying? Like there, right. there's a way of doing it without having to be, and, and sufficiently, 
I, I, I don't I don't agree with scare tactics, but sometimes that's what you need to do. You need to open their eyes to something. It's like you don't understand. This is serious. This is how serious it can be. It is a trauma, but that's also a fear that's healthy. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get it. I agree with you on that too. I mean, there needs to be some type of like um, some type of example shown as to hey, this could happen. You know, even if you took her, you know, uh, you know, out to the vehicle, sat her down in there, and be like, hey, I don't want to have to do this. And if you do it again, I'm going to be forced to come back and actually go through all the way with what happens when you get arrested. And I think at that point, right. I would hope that she would have learned it, and then you say, hey, I'm going to let you go, and you go back into school and apologize, do what you have to do. I don't, and I can't speak for the young lady, but I would hope that she would have done that. But they went all the way through with it, and that's where the problem now lies, Mm -hmm. is that for a six-year-old, like I said, if it was a behavioral issue, my question is why didn't the school alert the parents first? Because they said by the time he got there, she was sitting there as calm as can be, and somebody was reading a book to her. So she obviously wasn't an issue at that point. So, you know, it probably was one of those one-time things where she probably was in a moody day. And, you know, unfortunately it escalated to that. But because it had escalated to a kick, like I said, old school teachers, cops wouldn't have been called that soon. You know, it would have been one of those things where they would have called the parent. parent. I remember one time back in school where kid was acting up in class. Teacher was like, okay. Teacher left. They took them with him. They sat there at the principal's office. Teacher would get on the phone. She'd leave the classroom. She'd have a teacher's aide come in and just sit with us. Teacher would get on the phone and dial that parent. Tell them what happened. And the parent would be there probably in no time flat because they usually live not too far. And I do recall one particular day where a parent was at the gym or, like, going to the gym, and they came in with one of those gym belts. (laughs) (laughs) Lesson was learned right there, old school. Yeah, you talk about even with the old school Catholic school where the the nun would wrap you over the – the you know the knuckles with the, <laughs> with the ruler, but you, know, you ruler. only got it from there. But you got it when you got home. But I, I was like, you know, you have to put the parents in with it as well in the beginning, because now that's where it's going to look like you couldn't control the situation. You call the cop, cop couldn't control the situation. His only way of doing it was just to pretty much arrest them and take them to jail. And where does it stop? I mean, what happens if a preschooler or someone even more smaller does it. Are you going to call the cops on a four-year-old? Are the cops actually going to arrest that four-year-old and take him and book him and fingerprint him? Because if you're doing it with a six-year-old, where does it end? And that's where the problem now lies down there in, in Orlando. And, you know, hopefully it's a lesson learned from everybody, from the school to the young lady. You know, I know it's traumatizing as a young child to, you know, go through that. But hopefully there is a lesson here that, you know, with authority, you have to, you know, be mindful of it. And for the school, there's a better way of handling it. For the policeman who was fired now, you know, it's a situation where, you know, should he be able to work elsewhere in law enforcement that, you know, he can handle it better without it going that far. It's a lesson learned for all. Mm-hmm. I agree, I agree. Speaking of schools, it's just- I read this article... I had to think, <laughs> I had to, uh, you know, I grew up in an era where, you know, school dances were, uh, they were nerve-wracking, but they were a lot of fun. Awkward. And awkward. <laughs> uh, interesting article uh, from the Washington Post again about a middle school that requires kids to dance with anyone who asks. One mom is fighting her for her daughter's right to say no. Uh for weeks, an 11-year-old uh, at a Utah middle school uh, was excited about the Valentine's Day dance. Two previous dances at the Lake Town, Utah school had been loads of fun, and this time she had a crush on a boy at school she hoped to dance with. On the morning of the big event, she layered a red and pink floral sundress over a long sleeve T-shirt and leggings and carefully arranged her hair. But her enthusiasm waned when a different boy who made her feel uncomfortable asked her to share a slow dance. 
She was so excited in the morning when she left, the girl's mother told the Washington Post, that she got to dance with the boy she liked, and she did, and she was happy, but in the same breath, she was exasperated because she had to dance with the boy she hates. Uh, she tried to politely decline the invitation, but the school's principal rushed over and told her saying no was against school rules. Uh, the child said, I don't like it. I just didn't like it at all. When they finally said it was done, I was like, yes. Uh, after uh, the adult recently posted about her daughter's experience on Facebook, a passionate discussion about tension between honoring kids' autonomy and encouraging kindness unfolded. The unwanted dance surfaced concerns about rape culture, teaching children to appropriately handle rejection and respecting boundaries students set for themselves. She raised those issues for uh, with the principal. And, and, quote, it was said here that the parent, she said, the girls have to learn that they have the right to say no and that those around them have to respect that. Uh, she says, I'm not going to quietly stand by while my, you know, while my daughter and all of her classmates are being wrapped up in rape culture. No way. The principal did not immediately return the post's request uh, for uh, comment on the school's policies, but she, uh, he agreed to review the rule for next year since there are no more dances scheduled before the end of the school year. Uh, one woman in a comment on Facebook said, no means no. It shouldn't have to be said twice or explained. Uh, another one said, I'm a mother of only boys. They have expressed concern of rejections. I told them to take chances of asking because you never know. If rejected, then that's life. Uh, in an interview uh, with KSTU, the principal denied that, uh, that she was forced to dance, but admitted that the school requests students accept all invitations to dance. The dances are part of a physical education curriculum that teaches the kids to do box steps, swing, and line dancing. He says, we want to protect every child's right to be safe and comfortable at school. We also believe that all children should be included in activities. He added that the school wants to make sure that no kids feel like they get left out. Uh, similar policies exist at other schools and church dances, but they are falling out of fashion. And in 2018, a Utah elementary school came under fire for a very similar policy. Uh, it... <sighs> Man, I'm so uncomfortable with that all the way around. Um, <laughs> you know, um, somebody else's. Yeah, because here's the thing: it's a life lesson early on to know. I I get it. You want to make everybody feel inclusive, but if someone does not feel comfortable dancing with somebody, they should be okay in telling them no. That's the way of life. No is going to happen. But the fact that you are now forcing this upon kids to say, hey, if Johnny over here wants to dance with you and you don't really like Johnny like that and, you know, you two didn't get along, but yet if he asks you, you have to accept it, that sets up a very dangerous thing. Um, I think that... I think that we... Because even growing up, if you knew that so-and-so didn't want to dance with you, they just told you, no, I'm good, you know, and if they went off and immediately danced with somebody else, then you knew they just didn't want to dance with you, you got over it, you were good. Now it seems like with the way society is, you know, people get feelings hurt right away and don't understand why they're always being told no, but I think it's a good life lesson that it's all right to hear no, and if someone doesn't want to dance with you, you can't take it personal. It's just that they just didn't want to dance with you. That's how life is, you know. What do you think about it? Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. On top of that, it's the whole oh, I want them to feel, you know, I want them to be inclusive, and I want them to feel, but I still want the fine line of autonomy, but then being no. There's no fine line. You teach a child to set their boundaries. And if they don't want to dance with Johnny, they're allowed to say no to saying when Johnny comes and asks them to dance with them. And that should be okay. Now, if Johnny pitches a fit, that's his deal. He has to deal, like he has to learn how to cope with that. By not teaching a child how to cope with rejection or without, you know, I'm sorry, life is not nice outside of the the concept that we try to keep everyone this is not nice at all. People are mean. People are awful. Me included. People, there, there's, there's times when I, 
and I try, and I'm not going to sit here and say that not every, like, everybody's awful. No, everybody's awful, yes, but everybody tries to, at least I hope. That's, that's my hope, is that everybody's trying. So if you're teaching your child to be polite but firm, I would rather have that happen than have you say, no, they asked, so you have to. No, you don't. Because if that's the case, you're setting up somebody to learn that no matter what, you have no choice. And I'm sorry, everybody has choice, even the child. They know as well as anyone what makes them comfortable. And there might be a reason why Johnny makes them uncomfortable. Maybe Johnny's mean to them. Maybe Johnny hurts them. Maybe Johnny, like, hits them in the schoolyard. I don't know. Or maybe maybe it's just the fact that Johnny likes blue and I don't, you know, and I like pink, and it's just not going to work, you know. It's teach them to be polite but firm. Teach them to set their boundaries, not be rude, and then teach them how to cope with rejection. That's what should be happening, not if they ask, you say yes. My right. Yep. That's pretty much how I, I agree, because it's, you have to learn at some point, and you know, it sets up a dangerous thing for, you know, if you don't teach it at an early age, you know, when they get to high school and there's that, that policy's not in place, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings. And then that's what leads to, you know, depression and, you know, a lot of other things. I think it's better off learning it early that, hey, like you said, you can ask if someone politely declines, go to the next person. Yeah, I think... Uh, at that age, they're smart enough to know, you know, yes, no, and be okay with being told no. You know, uh, it's mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I kind of disagree with that, but then again, I do understand. I know it's a policy of different schools, but I hope that they revisit that policy and are able to, and that they don't take away dances because they're afraid of. You know, someone being hurt. This is where you teach them this thing, these things before the beginning of the year. You know, say, hey, we got our first school mm-hmm. day. It's coming up in a few weeks, so we're gonna have a special class on, you know, uh, you know, dance etiquette, and you know, have specialists come in and you know, tell them about this before it gets awkward at dance. You know. Mhm. Mhm. And then beyond that, let's, if you don't teach them how to. Or even better, don't teach them that teach them that rejection is not something that they have to accept. Later on, when somebody does say no, that's you know, uh, don't pull my hair, don't touch my shoulder, I'm I'm uncomfortable with you, you know, sitting that close to me or in my space, whatever the case may be. And well, no, if, you know, you don't get to say no. That leads to other things as well. So you can have it go both both ends of that wide spectrum where people either take advantage of other people and then they're not given the choice to be able to set those boundaries to be able to cope with the rejection or they get put into a position where they do say no and are not that no is not accepted Um, and in all those cases I think is inappropriate I think we should be teaching everyone how to deal with all of that Nope. It's uh I think that that is uh the best way to probably go about in doing that. Um a story that we didn't get a chance to do last week. Um and actually uh before I kind of get into that, uh actually do have a caller. <laughs> um going to bring you up right now. Right now. Unmuted. Yeah. Oh, oh. Hey, what's going on? This is John. Hey, John. How are you? Hey, John. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Hey, so I was listening to your show. I, uh, I mean, I have a daughter. She's 13, and uh, I have repeatedly told her, you know, to stand her ground when uh, being, you know, uh, around other boys her age. Because I know that, well, especially when I was her age, uh, that my mind was on something, you know, different, and I just, I... I think what you guys are talking about really uh, uh, has a, a 
a relationship with me and what's going on with me and my daughter. So, yeah. Wow. So, I mean, do you, so I guess at this point, you are like, you know, kids shouldn't have to be told, you know, if somebody is coming up to, I don't know, I think schools could probably handle this a little bit differently where, you know, kids shouldn't have to, you know, kids shouldn't have to with somebody, right? With somebody, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's just, it's, it's strange because, you know, I, I've, I've told her, and and she's come to me and said that you know, hey, well, so and so is were was making comments about my body. I mean, it's just it's inappropriate. I, I don't. What should I do? I'm gonna actually. Well, ask I, I have a daughter as well. Uh, <laughs> I'll take over. I'll, I'll take, take over, Lavar. I have a daughter as well. I have a daughter um, as well. And being a woman as well. And being a woman um, as well. Um, you're doing you're doing a good you're job, doing, you're Dad. Doing a good job. I'm Dad. Telling you right now. Telling you right now. Be okay. the role model, right. that you are. role model that you are. Continue to, to give Continue her the advice that you would. Be honest with her. Be 100% honest with her. Be 100% honest with her. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the best you okay. can do. That's the best you can do. Yeah. Because, you know, to be 100% honest with you, um, I have had sexual relationships. I have fucked her pussy several times, and uh, I will tell you. She- uh, no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> not doing that. See, that's the thing with live radio. <laughs> See that? <laughs> Thanks a lot. And that's John. mute. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh. Hey, you know it, it. It is what it is. That's why it's live radio, right? Yep. I guess John's not a good example then. <laughs> that's sad too. I did say set a good example. Yeah. Be a good example. Well, that's not setting one. So there so, you go, John. If you have a daughter, I really hope that she. Uh, does not listen to the broadcast tonight. <laughs> That's what you all over live radio, don't you? <laughs> anyway, going on. Actually, one of the stories last week that we didn't get a chance to talk about uh, that we missed was about the fact of tipping. And is it on the way out? Now, I don't know about you, but wherever I go, there always seems to be tip jars everywhere. And you don't know really who to tip now, who not to tip. And it seems it's reached a tipping point. Get the word there. Many travelers say that they're tired of uh, selling out grat- uh, gratuities to everybody who they meet, hotel concierges, luggage porters, tour guides, and, of course, restaurant servers. Enough is enough. They do not tip anymore. The changes seem to be happening slowly, and travelers say the ever-present tip jars and outreach stretched hands leave them confused and frustrated. And they're easing up on the gratuities, and businesses are moving away from compensating staff with tips. Uh, never tippers be thought of as rude, but one thing is clear, they are the future, and tipping may be on the way out. Uh, one of the frequent air travelers and registered nurses from uh, California said that she's beginning to wonder if tipping is right. She says that travelers should tip when they receive outstanding service, not to subsidize the salaries of uh, employees. Uh, a retired printer from Philadelphia said that he tries to avoid tipping situations altogether. He says sometimes I go to a convenience store for just coffee or to McDonald's for lunch. And it seems now, uh, you know, uh, on a visit to Vegas, one person uh, had them slipped a uh, laminated card in their menu soliciting a 15 to 20 percent tip. Notification left for the benefit of international travelers such as himself infuriated he says, why don't we tip the cashier at Costco while we're at it, or the bank teller, or the American Eagle Sales Associate? Uh, but doesn't everyone tip? Actually, no. A survey by Denata, uh, which is a data and marketing services firm, found that only 37% of people reported that they always or frequently tip at fast, casual restaurants. Almost 60% of them are Uber riders, never tip. And those who tip leave an average of $3, according to a study by the National Bureau of Economic Research. So my question for you tonight is in regards to tipping. When is it okay to tip? Because I feel like if I'm at a restaurant, yes, I don't know so much about Starbucks or, like, other places. I I just don't know anymore because you see a tip jar pretty much everywhere. Uh, and you feel kind of uncomfortable about, you know, whether I should be tipping here, whether or not I should be tipping here, because the old way was restaurants and at the airport. Now it seems everywhere they work for tips. 
What do you think? Uh, I'm. I, I guess I'm old school. It's restaurants, sit down restaurants. So I'm talking sitting down at a table with a menu, have a waitress bring me out my food. If there's somebody bringing me something, doing some, a service for me, me going up to a cashier and and ordering and then picking up my own drink. If I'm going and they're bringing, they're taking the order, they're taking it back to the the chef or what have you, and they're bringing that out to me, and their service is wonderful. Right. I do tip in those situations. Um, bell porters, that kind of thing. If they're carrying my bags up to a room, because I don't, I, well, I don't tend to let people carry my bags. So mm-hmm. if somebody somehow ends up carrying my bags, valet, they're parking my car. I'll I'll tip in those situations, but like Starbucks, no, I don't I don't tip at Starbucks. Um, I don't I don't normally tip at um, any coffee place unless it's again I'm sitting down and they bring it out to me. Um, so that that's where I'm. I tip my I tip my um, hairstylist, but she also is working as an independent, so I I feel like her prices are not high enough for what she does for me. Although I won't be seeing her much lately, so I gave her a really big tip around Christmas. Um, <laughs> but in those, in, those, in those instances, again, they're doing something that I could have done for myself for me. So that, that's when I tip. I wouldn't mind. I know a lot of European countries don't tip because they compensate their um, restaurant uh, their waitresses, their waiters, their chefs, their bell porters, all of them are compensated enough to be able to have a living wage. So they don't tip in those areas. So I do understand the not tipping thing. And mm-hmm. if the U.S. would get on board with that, I wouldn't tip either. I'm not really against or for tipping. It's kind of one of those things. Gotcha. Uh, one of the things I know that you and I both talked about, uh, speaking of, uh, well, before I get into my story about uh, food, of course, uh, Wednesday was the beginning of Lent. And one of the major questions that I think I've talked about with everybody, uh, if you do partake in Lent and if you are a part of the Catholic faith, uh, one of the questions was because now you have a lot of restaurants that have uh, pretty much – plant-based meat. Uh, and actually, if you follow, uh, was it Rhett and Link, uh, Mythical Morning, mm-hmm. they actually Rhett had something in regards to uh, the plant-based meat on things regularly that had meat, and if it was actually good or not, you actually have to catch that. But anyway, uh, as Ash Wednesday marked the beginning of Lent for more than, uh, especially here in uh Chicago, uh, more than 2 million, there were new questions about an old tradition. Does plant-based meat count as a meat? Um, So according to a butcher at a meat market here locally, they said the Impossible Burger, as far as I understand, most of these fake meat things are made out of plant, so there shouldn't be any problem. They'll feel like they're cheating, but they're not. Well, according to the Archdiocese of Chicago, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops' official definition of meat does not include plant-based meat products or plant-based products, but says instead that meat comes only from animals such as chickens, cows, sheep, or pigs, all of which live on land. Even meat juices and things derived from them, like broths and seasonings, are technically allowed, the bishop said. Although moral theologians have traditionally taught that we should abstain from all animal-derived products. And... While the archdiocese agreed that while it's technically allowed, plant-based meat might be contrary to the spirit of sacrifice that inspires the practice of fasting. So uh, it's still technically allowed. (laughs) So for all of you who are going to do that, here's my issue, and I think we've talked about it on this show before. Uh, We have a lot of people who have switched over to it, swear it's the best thing since sliced bread, and, you know, say that no one can tell the difference between the real thing and the plant-based thing. That's neither here nor there. But I never got the whole idea of people who, if 
you're going to go vegan and go plant-based, awesome for you. But I don't know if I would rely on a burger joint <laughs> to be the end-all, end-all for what you need it. It would kind of be like me going to a vegan restaurant hoping that I get a good pair of ribs. But anyway, I digress. So if you did, I know you're not, if you were partaking in Lent, uh, would you, if you were giving up meat or not abstaining from meat, would you feel that having a plant-based meat's not cheating? Uh, if it was made at home, ah, you could buy it in the freezer section and you make it at home. Um, I I agree with you about if I'm going to be going to Burger King, that's that's like a smoker going into a into a cigar shop. You you don't do that. <laughs> You're only setting yourself up for failure at that point um, if you are giving up meat, which if that's your sacrifice for for lunch, stronger person than I could ever be because I am a carnivore. I like my meat and my seafood. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't do it from there. I would If you were going to be giving up some, like a diet, if you were doing a dietary restriction as your sacrifice for lunch, then I would say I would avoid places that would have said dietary restricted um, things so that you don't get tempted as part of that sacrifice. Like if you're giving up chocolate, I wouldn't go into a bakery or a donut shop where there's chocolate. You know, I wouldn't go into M&M, into the M&M store if I was giving up chocolate. Same with the, the meat list burgers at burger places i just yeah okay they have an alternative for you but i just i don't think that's a good idea so but i i think that it doesn't count i don't think that meatless burgers count towards meat because they are meatless and meatless gotcha 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 well speaking of because this leads into uh my last story of the evening because uh I know while those who are undergoing Lent, unfortunately, can't probably partake in the next two things I'm going to talk about. Um, This week, the big stories coming out of the food front for you is the availability of two new products. Uh, If you are a lover of bacon, I kid you not, Dunkin' Donuts will now have Dunkin' Smackin' Bacon. It's their latest release. It's eight half strips of bacon in a bag. And I (laughs) <laughs> As I have to tell you, bacon. now gone to availability of bacon in a bag. And while other restaurants are rushing to launch meatless and plant-based options, Duncan went the opposite direction and released the ultimate snack for meat lovers. Snacking bacon is now available at Duncan restaurants nationwide. Uh, it's eight half, I said, eight half strips of bacon wrapped up in a sleeve. Um, they just want you to know that it's not just any ordinary bacon. It is their high-end bacon that's been smoked with natural cherry wood. It's then treated to a sweet and savory blend of brown sugar and black pepper seasoning. Uh, if it sounds familiar, that's because it's basically the same bacon that was used in their sweet black pepper bacon breakfast sandwich. And if that wasn't enough for you, the good folks at KFC nationwide are bringing out their uh, new fried chicken and donut sandwich. Uh, <laughs> it is controversial. Uh, the new menu features pairings of glazed donuts and the chain's classic fried chicken. One of the new menu items is a fried chicken and donut sandwich. Customers can also order a basket of fried chicken on the bone or chicken tenders with one or two donuts or add a donut to any meal for a dollar. Uh, they tried the new menu at a KFC restaurant in Virginia in September, and then uh, they are now going nationwide. So here's my question for you. Uh, if you had to pick one, which one are you Bacon. doing? Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> you knew my answer before you even got that question out, if you had to choose one. Bacon. Give you me know what? Bacon. For the sake of, I'm going in a different direction. I'm going with the donut and the chicken. Here's the thing. Now I'm curious. I don't like glazed donuts, I can get though. anywhere. 
I can go to I can go to Wendy's and get a baconator sandwich and get my fill of bacon and meat, extra hamburger meat. But I'm curious as to like the donut and the chicken. And I know it is a uh, it's a thing that's now really getting out there with some restaurants who now do that with the uh, glazed donut. I'm surprised Krispy Kreme never decided to get in on that business. But I guess that would be too much for them to do. But I've got to go with the donut and the uh, chicken. Now, I wouldn't want to have, like, donuts on the side and chicken. I want, like, the whole thing all together at once. Give me the sandwich. I want to see what it tastes like. Get anywhere. Well, you could tr- you could try it for me because I just I am not a fan of glazed donuts. Um, I, I like like old fashioned sour cream donuts kind of thing, you know. Like I'm not a big fan of the glazed like squishy glazed donuts. So throw that with I'm like chicken's good. I like chicken. Give me my chicken, but not with the donut attached to it. I just I don't I can't do it. Waffles are great. And I'm not gonna say that they're not good with waffles because they are good with waffles, but I just can't do the glaze. I can't do the glaze on the donut. Gotcha. I don't know. So give me the bacon. Once again, at Mythical Morning, which I like, did actually a glazed chicken. <laughs> um, they did a donut chicken, which you have to see it to believe it. But um, I, I, yeah, I'm not gonna. So you try it and tell us what it's like. You know what? I am, and I actually want to do like a live video of it. I think that's what I want to do. I want to do a live video of it and then just show all of you that, you know, I'm going to do stuff where I try it so that you don't have to. That's going to be coming soon. <laughs> you got everybody else out here doing different reviews. You got, you know, of course, Barstool does pizza reviews. I guess there's a young man out here that does Shirley Temple reviews, which I guess there's a review for everything. So, yeah, I'm going to get in the game. I'm going to start doing, like, the good fatty foods that uh, you don't have to do. But um, guess what? Last week we just barely made it to the top of the hour. This week we've got a few minutes. <laughs> got a few minutes to fill. Um, really? That's the right thing. We've gone through everything. Uh, you know, normally this does not happen. And normally we don't have, normally we don't have this much time left, which is actually kind of funny. Because I always said that if we had some time left, uh, I would go to Twitter, see what's trending, and we talk about it. Uh, I know one okay. thing that tr- uh, one thing that's trending is uh, dum dums from Ohio that call in on shows and like to pretty much embarrass themselves. Um, <laughs> that's it, was it an Ohio call? Of course it was. Go yeah, blue. It was. So it's if Ohio. You're listening, John, go blue. I'm a Michigan gal. Yeah, so, it, it was there a you go. So yeah, that that figured. So, so to and I know it wasn't his real name. So to you, John in Ohio, I've only got to say one thing. Well, that was a nice move, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but um, since we have a couple what of minutes, is trending? You know what? Actually, this evening, I know pretty sure that. Uh, SmackDown was tonight, uh, so that's probably going to be one of the things that's trending. But um, also Frankly, trending... Hmm? Food. Uh, actually, it's not. Uh, a few of the things that are trending is the artist Bad Bunny, uh, mm-hmm. who has broken every rule of Latin pop and became its biggest star. Live PD is trending. If you are a fan of that show, I know a few people that are. Uh, SmackDown mm-hmm. is trending. At the end of the show, if you did not see it tonight, oh, I'd love to get spoiler alerts because I know some people haven't seen it yet, but hi, cover your ears. Uh, John Cena did come out, and at first he was not going to be doing anything to wrestle. And just as he walked towards the back, out comes the fiend, Bray Wyatt. And he points to the WrestleMania sign, and John Cena shook his head, so it is official, the fiend versus uh, John Cena at WrestleMania. So um, RuPaul's Drag Race. NHL's trending. Yep. Uh, the hashtag, before we have sex, we should, is trending. <laughs> that could be dangerous. I kind of want to know that one. What's that one? Actually, you know, I'm going to pull this up. So, um, oh, no. So, 
first thing that I see here, no. it says, before we have sex, and forgive my language, I normally don't swear on this show. So uh, it says, before we have sex, we should slap that ass like Bob Ross beating the devil out of a paintbrush. <laughs> <laughs> the other hashtag, before we have sex, <laughs> make sure we're not related. Um, <laughs> before we have sex, we should fill out all of the consent paperwork that's required for a one-night stand now. Um, let's see. Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to go with that one because that is, uh, <laughs> there's a couple of like bad ones in here. Um, there's some good ones in there. Now, I'm, uh, this one has got me laughing. Before we have sex, we should know each other's genders now. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Then one young lady in here, uh, it was before we have sex, we should, it says, see if you can fit one of these, and it was a thing of magnums. (laughs) Um, Let's see, what is something else here? Uh, Before we have sex, we should discuss positions, because you know my back gives out. (laughs) Um, Oh, God, this is hilarious. A lot of them. So that's trending on Twitter if you uh, want to look at that. And Tony Romo is trending because uh, CBS is going to, because his contract was up, and he was between ESPN and CBS trying to get his services, and he is now reportedly going to be re-signing with CBS for $17 million a season. As an analyst, he's not playing. He's going to be making more than, like, half of the team's players. Seventeen million bucks. So, uh, a bunch of other things that are trending here tonight as well. So, definitely check all of that out. Um, why is Shallow Hal trending? <laughs> uh, oh, Gwyneth Paltrow called Shallow Hal her least favorite film role. Aw, darn. Because that was a great movie. (laughs) Never watched it. Never watched it. It was a movie. Yeah, it was a movie. It was a a two-hour reenactment of lines that were given to actors. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, here's the weird thing about that, what's trending. I always left that in the event that we had time to burn. And we pretty much got our time filled. So uh, any shout-outs that you want to do this week or anyone that you want to say hi to or anything you want to mention before we uh, leave tonight? Um, no. I mean, we did a lot of this, this at the very beginning of the show. Um, so uh, thank you to everyone that's donated. If you're thinking about it, please do um, – check it check it out. It's out on Twitter. It's on my Twitter at Mama, and it's at it's in, on LaVar's Twitter as well. Um, if you're friends with me on Facebook, that's out there. If you follow me on Instagram, it's out there as well. Um, so thank you to everyone that has donated. If you're thinking about it, please do. It's a great cause. Any amount will be is really greatly appreciated. That's my two cents. All right. And while I'm thinking about it, two shout-outs here. I know I've been talking about it on Twitter this week only because I'm a big fan, um, but – if you have not gone on to, well, if you if you haven't gone on to my Twitter, uh, I have retweeted and reposted a video from a singer, uh, up and coming singer. Her name is uh, Hadar Adora. Really awesome song, uh, Temper, which is now out on YouTube Music and Spotify and all of those other streaming services as well as Apple. Uh, you get a quick little snippet of her song uh, on uh, the website. Definitely check it out. Get it. She's awesome in it. Also, shout out. I know she will never listen to this show. She's too busy for it. Uh, one of my favorite people to follow on social media. I know she's controversial. Some people like her. Some people don't. But I love her. Yes, Jules. Her birthday is this weekend. Turn a dirty 30. So happy birthday to her and to all of you. If you have a birthday this weekend, especially tomorrow, uh, your birthday only comes along once every four years, which probably, I guess, in my question, I'm wondering, if we post something on social media tomorrow, 
Does that mean that Facebook is not going to remind us about that until four years from now? (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Just a thought. But with that, I'll leave that thought for all of you. And, of course, we are now a little bit out of time. So for Mary, I'm LeVar. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, except for John in Ohio. And uh, we will see you next week here for another episode of Page One. Good night, everybody.